I will sue you if you put this on your podcast. No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't no. know. I'm just I'm kidding. I, um, all you will get back is beer. <laughs> that seems worth it. Um, scandalous. We have an important question we're having uh, trying to figure out who was in a, uh, a movie. Or no, what was the movie called? It was with Edward James almost when he was a... Are you a movie person, by the uh, way? Sort of. Okay. I don't know. What was the... Let's ask, the, ask and, and we'll see. He was a... Teacher. Teacher, a math mm-hmm. teacher, and... Yeah. You, you know Edward James almost? He has like the pitted... Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I know the movie you're talking. I mean, he's from Star Trek SG9. It was. Oh, yeah. You said but stand by. Wait, maybe not SG9. You but. said stand by me, but I, you know what? I make word title as well. Yeah, somewhere back in that era. Did you try the Google machine? No, I'm too lazy. It came up right before like, I pressed send. <laughs> We're trying um, to use our brains. It's yeah. not working. That's weird. I mean, I don't know who does that anymore, but... <laughs> no, and the hive mind between the four of us is not working, so yeah. that's cool. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So well, how, how so is we're the... smart. Okay. Yeah. How has the uh, promotional circuit been with this? This is your first book, I believe. And yeah. And you're probably in the midst of the podcast merry-go-round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, lots and you, lots of podcasts. How are you holding up? I mean, it's to talk to people. I mean, it's it's not a big deal. It's... It's weird, but it's not terrible. You know what I mean? Stand and oh, we just found it. Stand and deliver. Stand and deliver. Before I looked it up. Yeah, I, mean, I was okay. just about to look it up. But boom. And as far as writing the book goes, I'm curious on that process, what, what that was like. We Two of us are in the midst of considering possibly writing a book. One of us has sort of started, and mostly it's for the for the fame and fortune that comes along with it, as you know. Mm-hmm. But how was yeah. that process for you? Uh, the book writing process? Yes. It was terrible. <laughs> it was awful. Like I, it took me forever and I'm not a prolific writer. Like I just, I don't have a lot of words. And so it was just, it was like a real labor <laughs> to get it done. But I mean, worth it, but it just, yeah, it took me forever. I'm a super slow writer. So, what, are, what are the greatest challenges or what was your greatest challenge? Um, self-discipline. Like D- doing it, making time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, let's see, I can get up this morning and I can I don't know, do the dishes and the laundry. I can go to the gym. I can bake a cake or <laughs> I can go in my office and write a dumb book. And, you know, just so many times I was like, I'm going to I'm going to just I don't know. I'm going to go have coffee with a friend. <laughs> but it's it. it I got it done in the end, I guess. You did. So yeah. it's been rewarding. It's been a rewarding process. Um, <laughs> Still in the air. We'll see. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I'm glad I did it, but I don't know. Like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. What's the hesitation? Well, it's just weird. Like, I, I mean, it was rewarding getting paid. <laughs> sure. <laughs> like that was cool. Um, 
but I think the whole like this whole part of it of like marketing and trying to get people to buy it and that part it, mm. it really is kind of painful so um you know right now I'm just like oh my god why did I do this to my life <laughs> but it's okay we can let you go <laughs> no 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 <laughs> no let's not let's not let's not do that no it's fine it's and I'm not like honestly the podcast thing this is like the best part of it it's more like the social media and like writing oh, right. I'm Jeff this is Jeff's in the middle if, is, I don't uh, know if you can see us if your video is oh, on yeah. at all but Jeff's oh in the is your video on it yeah. is oh okay I don't if let's not, see I'll move away from Jeff Um, I don't know. My thing is, oh, there we go. I could turn this on. I don't know what's going on behind me. I have lots of shit everywhere in my office. Nice, nice curtains. Some nice natural Thanks. lighting. Yeah. I like yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry. There's like, yeah. Okay. So here we go. Just you ignore, get, like, there's piles of shit we, behind you. Just can't even it. see it. Can't even see it. I, so okay. I'm Jeff, and this is Zach. Scott. Okay. Scott. Good to meet you, 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 you. I have, we look smart, but there is a bunch of shit on the side of this room as well. So you're in good company. Good. Same. Smart. That's good. Yeah, you got to just like shove it yeah. to the sides. We have it all together. That works. Um, it, now the the book compared to blog. When you write blog posts, is that just brain vomit that comes easy compared to the book? Like, is how is that different from the blog? Yeah. You know, because like a blog post is like a standalone thing. It's 600 words and it doesn't really matter if it matches the rest of the words on the blog. <laughs> like to, to create like a narrative that spans, you know, 60,000 words and have it all connect and make sense and make a point, you know, that is a little more challenging or was for me anyway. I know a lot of people are like prefer long form writing, but oh my God, it was it's just not my, not my jam. Yeah. And the book is a memoir, so it's really your just account, almost a daily, or just the experiences before and during. And it's like legit memoir. Like here's my childhood, here's my adolescence. Like it's legit. Like when I was born, <laughs> and then ends. You know, when I was forty one or something. I don't know. Like it just it's a for real memoir. Um, and yeah, it just kind of details my, it's like a, like a faith journey thing, you know? So what was, what did growing up look like for you and your faith and family? Uh, I, um, I was like raised Jewish initially, like my parents converted to Judaism when I was a little baby. And, um, so I was like a Jewish kid, like for real Jewish kid. We, we went to synagogue and I went to like Jewish day school and we were learning Hebrew and, um, you know, like my brother wore a yarmulke, like it was, <laughs> we were Jewish. And then, um, I don't know, it's just sort of, I don't know what happened in my parents' lives, but at some point, I guess they decided not to be Jewish anymore. And so when I was like eight or nine years old, my dad came home one night on like, it was like Christmas Eve with this straggly little um, Christmas tree that I'm pretty sure he like probably dragged off some lot that was closed for the season. <laughs> and he was like, my kids, he just came inside with this Christmas tree um, and he was like, my kids aren't going to grow up without a goddamn Christmas tree. <laughs> and then and then we celebrate Christmas. <laughs> and um, and then it's just sort of like the Judaism sort of like slowly disappeared from our lives and was replaced by nothing. Like we just we became, you know, we were we were just whatever. We celebrated Christmas just because like Santa Claus and presents. But um, 
yeah so I just sort of like lost my religion when I was like a little kid and um it should be noted up until I was I was gonna say that you I appreciate the pun when you say you were Jewish it yeah <laughs> yeah kind of yeah. Jew like you were Jewish you went to synagogue but mm-hmm. not really. but like yeah like I mean how big is your commitment if you're if the the deal breaker is the Christmas tree <laughs> yeah and your dad must have your parents must have been going through some kind of deconstruction behind the scenes to end up with all of a sudden there's a Christmas tree that's yeah, probably not a switch yeah. that just gets flipped right I didn't ask them I mean I, I guess I could have <laughs> and you never have but no no Mm-mm. and she never we're, will we're Jeff I, I probably won't. I don't really care. It doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> that's their jam. That's their deal. Like, it's okay. They they had, I guess, I'm sure they had their own little faith crisis or whatever, but I'm not super worried about it. <laughs> right. And how'd that rub on you, rub off on you guys kind of going from Jewish to uh, fade into nothing? And how, what was that like? It was just like, well, it happened so slowly. It was just like, you know, it, if you'd asked me at eight years old, which your religion, I would have said, I'm Jewish. Um, if you'd have asked me at 13, I would have said, I don't have a religion. So, but it was just like this really slow kind of, it just slowly disappeared. And I wasn't really paying enough attention to wonder why or, you know, to think about it. So it was just kind of a weird, weird little, that's, that was, I don't know. But that was my intro- my introduction to God was like this Jewish God. Right. And and through Judaism and through that lens of like how Jews relate to God, which is with like a lot of questions and a lot of reading, a lot of knowledge and a lot of um, debate and a lot of hmm. uh, like conversation. And um, and so when I came back or when I walked into a church at like 19 years old, um, that's sort of what I thought it, it was like. I mean, I thought that's that's what I thought God expected. And I still think that. <laughs> <laughs> But still in there. So mm-hmm. what type of church did you walk back into at 19? So I just went to the closest church to my house, like big beige suburban mega church. Like, you know, the one like everybody, there's one in your, every town and or every suburb. It's just like the, the big fat mega church with the light show and the, um, you know, like the fog machines and the, was this pre <laughs> pre skinny jeans? This was like on the on the cusp of skinny jeans. So it was like right. It was like you know right before like the emergent church stuff and uh-huh. right. It was right before all the all the worship pastors got like pork pie hats and got cool, got tattoos. So, but they were like starting to rock. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, it was so dumb, but I liked it at the time. You know. Yeah, there's a there's a mix. You know, we'll keep going, but quick aside, I've visited a couple churches lately and the worship leader had kind of a hybrid of the the skinny jean, but the old look, well, old look for some young people was like baggy pants that sagged and he Mm -hmm. had the skinny jeans that sagged. And my mind was broken a little bit because I, I couldn't do the math on the skinny jean. I guess they were tight enough to hold themselves up, but I'm used (laughs) to seeing baggy pants that sag, but they were so tight but yet you could see the belt line and you could see the boxers underneath. Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. almost impressed. Yeah. It's a, it's a talent. I mean, to, to dress like that and walk, you know, both at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah to walk into rock. Um, yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, 
one of the things I really appreciated about the book and that surprised me is how much detail you give about your childhood and your young years. I mean, you're still young, so it's, it's all youngness, but, but, uh, up through your teenage years, there's a lot of life shared. You lived a ton of life compared to most people, or at least most people are willing to share. Um, I feel like you took a lot of bullets, but I was struck by how many bullets you probably dodged in mm-hmm. some of your behaviors and your patterns mm-hmm. that you were into and that you eventually came came out of. Do you have any reflections on some of that? Oh, I was so dumb. I did so many dumb things. Like I should have been dead in a ditch somewhere. Like I I did so much stupid stuff as a really young teenager, like 13, 14 years old. I was doing just crazy, crazy stuff. But um, so I feel lucky, I guess, that, you know, it, things didn't go worse for me than they did. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. But I, I, I mean... Yeah, it is what it is. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't really know. It's, that's that's how I lived. And I, I definitely, um, you know, experienced some some pain because of those of choices that I made and places that I went and the people that I hung out with. And, um, you know, that I, I probably would have preferred not to experience. But, you know, I, you kind of look back and you just go, well, this is this is easy. this is the path that made me who I am. So mm-hmm. I'll take it, you know, like it's, it's yeah. cool. It's OK. So what's the, when you look back, is there something you would point to and say, uh, that's the one thing out of all the things I regret or I wish hadn't happened or, and I, I, Zach has read more of the book than I have. I've skimmed through and then listened to a lot of your interviews. Just pretend Um, Jeff. Yeah. So (laughs) I, so is there something you can point to when you were a teenager in those years, yeah, I mean, I actually say, I actually, you know, if you'd read the book, uh, no, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm totally I figured such. I Jeff. do not care. Um, <clears throat> no, no, no. I, I say in the book, like my greatest regret is, uh, from my adolescence is that I dropped out of high school in like tenth grade. Like, really, I like so how dumb. you put that too. How you mm-hmm. you phrased it. I don't, I don't know if that's how you actually phrased it to your parents about how you were graduating early. And you took oh, to- I did. I told I told my parents like I got called into the principal's office and they were like, guess what, dummy, you're not going to graduate on time. And it was t- I was in 10th grade and they were like, you failed too many classes and you've missed too many classes. Like you'd have to do 100 summer schools to graduate on time. And I was like, well, <laughs> uh, then why am I here? I'm not going to stay. And so I went home and I was like to my parents, I was just like, you know what? I'm just like too mature for high school. <laughs> like yes. I need to move. I need to be challenged. I need to be challenged. I need to go to, I'm going to go to the junior college. Like I just want to take my high school proficiency and, and go to college, which was so dumb. And I was so unprepared. And, and they bought it. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Cause I did it. I took my proficiency and went to um, like the little junior college in town. Like my mom had to drop me off. I wasn't even old enough to drive. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. Wait, but that's like you, my biggest regret as a, as a adolescent. Did you say you did pass? You took the test mm-hmm. and passed yeah, the yeah. proficiency test. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I could pass that now. You could. <laughs> you could. It was like not hard. It's it's basic. It yeah. It was it was kind of yeah. embarrassing. I went to but, LAUSD. Oh goodness. All right. No comment on that. Um, do you <laughs> now? You, one of the things too, I I'm like. 
uh, how do I say this? When you talked about some of your relationships, and we'll move on from all this, or it's all in the book. I'm I'm just impressed at how free you are with information. Obviously, your identity isn't in protecting yourself for other people mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. But when you were a young teenager and being with older men and hanging out in that those types of environments, from your perspective, was just like oh, this is just a, a distinguished smarter older man that you were with mm-hmm. but if you are on the outside you'd be throwing up like what what the hell are you doing i like I'm just dated, amazed with those those different perspectives yeah yeah like i i like dated pedophiles <laughs> yeah that's what i didn't it know out. it i mean i was just like oh, i'm just so mature for my age these these 31 year old men they just love me like and i was like 14 <laughs> oh so um wow but i i just i didn't know i didn't know any better i didn't know it was gross i didn't know I, I mean, I just, I honestly believe like that I had something, I don't know, that I brought somebody to the table and that I was in a relationship with these, a variety of these grown men. And, you know, then when I was like maybe 25 and I, I, just, I remember having a moment where I like walked through a mall or something. It was somewhere where there's just like a lot of teenage girls. And I was like, you know what? I can tell that. I, and I would, I always told myself like, I look older than I am. But then I was like walking through this, this mall and I was like, I can, I can, she's, she's 14, she's 16. Like, I can tell that these teenage girls are teenage girls, I, even though they're trying to act like they're not. Mm-hmm. And so, and this moment of like, those dudes knew, like even the ones I lied to and said, I 19% knew that I was a little girl. And so, yeah, it's pretty creepy when you think back, but I don't know, I didn't know any better. Yeah. It's part of your path. Like you said. Mm-hmm heavy now what if you could so from where you are right now if you do you have regrets are you good with life has shaped me and i'm good with that um i have regrets i mean for sure there's things that i just look back and i go i would have done that differently had i known how it would turn out sure (laughs) but um you know it what are you going to do? Like, it just doesn't matter. It's not something I spent a lot of time thinking about because this is where I'm at and that's right. the path that I walked. So, yeah. So you don't, do you think you, there are scars that you, you hold on to? Um, like from doing dumb stuff when I was a kid. Sure. Uh, uh no. She still like, believes in the Jewish God in some respects. So yeah, there's <laughs> scars. <laughs> Well, <laughs> well, I mean, I just like these are these are not like wounds that I carry, right? I have like okay. like anybody, I have like wounds that I carry, like these things, these like battles that I fought that I just have not fully recovered from. None of the shit I do is part of that. Like I was a kid, I was right. doing my best and and trying to survive, and you know, I, I like I have all the grace in the world for this like dumb kid, right? As you should. And uh, um, one of the things that I, that's in the book that's amazing that you talk, you get asked about on every podcast, so you don't actually have to explain it here, uh, but it's a little teaser. It involves you meeting your husband or starting to go out with your husband uh, over a, a butt hair milkshake. Yeah. And uh, so how old were you then? Yeah, you have to read the book. I know. I'm sorry. Is this a, are there pictures in the book? Not a, not, nope, <laughs> nope. But let me give you a demonstration. 
this is a milkshake. <laughs> and then someone yanks butter out of their butt and then sprinkles it on the milkshake. No, thank you. Drink it. You keep yeah. butt hair you sure? with you. That's weird. Was it my butt hair? <laughs> I don't have butt hair. <laughs> Why are we having this? Okay. So, Wait, I'd rather anyway. drink my own butt hair. Okay. Nobody else is seeing this. You painted oh. a picture. It's real in people's minds. Yeah. Anyways, guys. carry on. You met your husband through that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you forgave him for that. Maybe. He didn't do that. He didn't do that to me. He, but he was part I was of the out group. with another guy. Yeah. I was out with another, with this other guy and this other Guilt guy. Guilt by association. Like, yes. Well, you know, in retrospect, sorry, in retrospect, okay. you know, there, that's where I just go. Oh, okay. That's a choice I probably would have done differently. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just, <laughs> I don't know, handled that differently. But it, it, when you look back and you like think about those pivotal moments, the ones that like change the rest of your life. And yeah. you know, I'm hanging out in a diner with a bunch of teenagers and one of them sprinkles butt hair in my milkshake. And I got so mad that I was like, not going to go, um, not, not gonna let him give me a ride home. So I got in this other car with this other dude. And then I ended up marrying that other dude. Like, it's just so weird. Wow. Like when you like think back on your life and you're just like, Oh, that's the thing that made that happen or you know everybody everybody has moments like that right i mean you guys don't have a butter milkshake moment <laughs> no, we have our own no. version of it okay. <laughs> probably doesn't involve milkshakes or butt hair but there's moments okay like probably but mine that's was a, my life mine was a mine was a dartboard so there oh interesting do i know the story yes you do does it involve a butt no okay. no boring but wait I, I feel like there's something to this what does it involve uh, it it's how i ended up probably marrying my wife i we went out and we were we had a few a few drinks and i was standing we were at a a club or a bar or something like that and uh i said if i if i hit the bullseye which i stink at darts and i'm like (laughs) if i hit the bullseye i get i can i get a kiss you and and somehow i hit the bullseye it's i I never hit the bullseye and so the rest is the rest is history the hand of God right there. Yeah, four kids <laughs> later. Yeah. You've been hitting the bullseye. Way to go. Yeah, you say Ow. heart never. Uh, well, that was the first of m- among many bullseyes. All right. Um, all right. Yeah, so getting back on track. So in, write, in writing the book, the I, did you start writing, just, just writing, and then you're like, oh, maybe this could be a book, or was it, I'm going to write a book, and these are the topics I'm going to write about. No, I, I'm like, I'm too dumb to, to like plan ahead. And so I just sort of like wrote a proposal where I was like, hey, guys, if you give me some money, I'll write a book. And then they did. And then I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> so um, I sort of, you know, in my proposal, I was like, here's the themes and the ideas. And um, but one of the things that kind of freed me up to to write the book and write or like write the proposal for the book in the first place was that every author I know um and I am lucky to know a lot of them w- was like, oh, your book will look nothing like your proposal. Just give them an idea. It'll be fine. And um, that is 100 percent true because the book that I wrote is not the book that I proposed, but everybody's hmm. happy. So it's fine. So I just yeah, I, I kind of tossed it out there. And then once I had a publisher, then I had to write the book. And so and it sort of just unfolded. I did not want to write a memoir. That was not my plan. OK, what was your proposal? It was like essays, you know, it was like, I'm going to write like bitchy opinionated essays about missions and stuff. <laughs> like like it was blog. just so dumb. Yeah, exactly. 
but um, it really did unfold kind of as a memoir, and so that's what it is. But um, huh? Yeah. So did did your blog feed in? I mean, your blog fed into the book. I, oh, um, the blog is very popular. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, for it's, sure. I yeah, wouldn't have a book without it. I mean, that's right. the, the only reason I have a book is because I have a like online. I mean, that wow. gave you the leverage to have a proposal. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, it's really hard to sell a book without a sure. platform, without right. being demonstrating. These are all the people that will buy it. So, yeah, I mean, it's that's the only reason I had this opportunity. <laughs> so, yeah. Is your boob OK? You're. Yeah, no, just a little scratch. Okay. Yeah. Okay. She, for the record, tender, she's talking. Like was... uh, she's asking Zach. Just for the record, online okay, record. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Scott. Because people would assume you, Scott. Although one of mine is off camera, so you don't know. What I'm <laughs> I have no idea if you're even wearing a shirt on that side of your body. Yeah, it could, could be. Uh, you know, <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, I re- I re- so I, I took a quote from your book and I jacked it up. So I might be the the very worst transcriber of quotes, but uh, it was mind blowing to me. Uh, you were you're laying out your story and all these stories when you're young and bullets dodged and bullets experienced, and it, it was something to the degree of you couldn't control anything else. Everything's out of control, but if you can control your emotions and you don't you don't have to let yourself feel, and then you can't be hurt. Mm-hmm. Did you carry that into your marriage? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that was, I mean, I just sort of put on this, like, I'm tough and you can't hurt me. And uh, de- I definitely carried that into marriage, for sure. So and what were some it, of the things that were, that started to break that down? Is that still something that, is it still a demon that crops up from time to time? Um, I, I feel like I've channeled it into better spaces you know, that like toughness, it, like I, I definitely, I have a thick skin. I can take criticism. I don't care if people like me, like that's all super true. Um, and so I think I, you know, I try to have, or have been able to kind of channel that, that toughness or whatever you want to call it into healthy spaces. So I wouldn't say it's like a huge issue for me now. And, you know, in, or in order for that to kind of find a healthy spot to live, you know? Yeah. No, go ahead. I saw you. You moved your mouth, Scott. Get okay. Yeah, that I I kind of have some of that where I kind of uh, like suppress, oppress. Is that the right way to say it? I oppress my emotions. Probably suppress. Uh, Suppress. Yeah. So yeah, I do that. I I don't know. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Probably sometimes it's good. Sometimes bad. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know what to do about it though, because. I mean, I, wa- I walk around and think about, like, I worry about what people think. But then if I'm talking to people, I'm like, I'm just going to say what, you know, I'm going to say what I think I should say. Um, so, I mean, I got, yeah, I got some of that. It's weird. I, I don't, like, what do I do? How do, I, how do I emote? I don't, I don't know how to emote. Okay. <laughs> He's on your couch right now. Therapize him right now. I, yeah. Get the answer. <laughs> always a good idea to get therapy from non-therapists. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, honestly, like, I don't think there's anything that says you need to walk through your days, like, weeping and telling people you love them. Like, I think it's perfectly reasonable to not, like, wear your emotions on your sleeve all day long. Like, you know, if you're married, 
there's a place for that, for being open with your emotions. But I don't think you need to like be spilling your guts all over the internet or like, or you don't owe the people around you like your emotions. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so it's Especially like you don't whatever. Like people. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean, I just I think if it's affecting your like actual relationships, you know, then Guys? that's maybe where you want to. Does he we cry get by. with you enough? You get, you get by with my not, lack of emotion. Uh, b- yes, we, we do. expect it. He's cried a couple times, and when it, when it do, when it does happen, it's hey, powerful. It's legit. It's I legit. Mean, See, that's that's a beautiful thing. That's cool. See, you gotta like you you dole it out in little pieces, and people like it more. So that, this <laughs> reminds know. me of um, in in the book when you're doing like a small group study and. From my memory, it could be jacked up, correct me, but you f- unleash kind of how you're really, f- what you were already feeling about the curi- the book or the leadership or whoever was there, wh- whatever they were doing. And you just it's talking about quiet time and you're just <laughs> something about like, I, I love Jesus, but fuck this shit. And mm-hmm. you actually said that, correct? Mm-hmm. And that how loud. did that, that moment, did that? My wife would love that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that gosh. moment, what was that like? Was kids. that freeing? And it, was that the catalyst to you just being like enough bullshit? I am who I am and I, I can't fake it anymore. No, I mean, it was it was definitely a beginning because I, you know, had all these like thoughts and I was, like, you know, really starting to sort of deconstruct church culture in my in my mind and reading, you know, this horrible book with this group of young moms and and sort of this, you're getting these like finger wagging lessons, like this is what you need to do in order to be a good Christian wife and a good Christian mom. And it was just terrible. It was terrible advice. Like it was awful. And, um, and so this, this moment of like the, in this book where it said, if you're, you know, you're, you're having trouble fitting quiet time into your day, you just need to get up earlier. And I was just like, fuck that. Like I get up earlier. I have three boys like mm-hmm. six and under and I'm dying like every day is like I'm almost dead by the end of the day or I've almost killed a child by the end of the day like I can't do less sleep I it's, it seemed like such a cruel thing to say to a bunch of moms and and you know like up to that point I'd been playing the game like the good Christian game where you show up and you say all the right things and you wear the right clothes and you like fit in you know um and so that moment where I was just like, well, fuck this shit. Like that was like definitely like the first time I stepped into the margins of mm-hmm. Christianity. You know, it was like the and the and the cool part was that I survived. Like it just was like, oh, oh, I shared an opinion that was contrary to all of these like like, you know, alpha female Christian leaders and I, I lived, and it's just not that big of a deal. So it was love, definitely like the beginning. I love when you go in the margins. It's like, hey, there's Jesus. Right. That's where <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Also, what ends up happening is that you discover that there's a lot of people generally that have been thinking similar thoughts or weren't sure how to express them or they're afraid to express them. And then it takes one person to say something st- stupid, quote unquote, and then then you're not alone. People can come to you. And that's another thing you shared about being real when you're truly real, that people find the ability to be real in front of you. 
And I guess we kind of skipped over. You went to church. So obviously you're back at church. You, you had, did you have an official conversion experience, but you were at church and you were obviously were involved. We kind of glazed over that, but. Well, yeah, no, I mean, there was no like big, like, this is the moment, but I just sort of, yeah, found my way into church and yeah, I was in, I was in the club. I did the church thing and I was super in, like I was like one of the girls, one of the Christian suburbanite soccer mom, Christian lady girls. The the inner circle, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Like I was into it, super into it, but it just didn't take long for me to be like, oh God, this is weird. Like some of the stuff just doesn't add up, you know, everyone's so focused on following the rules and you know like sometimes the rules just aren't that loving or aren't that yeah. kind or mm-hmm. aren't that gracious or merciful like sometimes the rules just don't reflect Jesus and so yeah just really kind of it didn't take long for me to really start kind of questioning what I was doing and who I was following you know yeah and so that leads into well, I don't know exactly how it leads into it, but eventually you are in youth ministry. You're in your mid twenties with mm-hmm. your husband and you're, you're super young at the time too. So it's not mm-hmm. like you're that removed from the teenagers that you're interacting with. Right. And then your honesty allows you to break through a lot of walls that, that wouldn't have happened. That's like the word bless is so overused, but you know, for lack of a better term, it's like a you were a blessing for those kids, I think. It's, it sounds like, I mean, one of the girls so. at the time ended up getting married. Like she confessed to you that she was gay or is gay and ended up getting married. You walked her in the aisle. Like all that, none of that happens if you're not vulnerable and honest yourself. Mm-hmm. And this pastor's kid is feels the ability to like come out to you because she has nowhere else to go. I mean, that's yeah. A bless. That's remarkable. Yeah, it was cool. And and honest, I mean, I still have great relationships with some of the girls that were in my little small group. And um, it was neat. Like, it was a neat thing to be able to be on it, like to see what happens when we're really honest with the people around us or when we really are like willing to open up and, and the permission that it gives other people to then, you know, be vulnerable themselves. And that definitely served me well when I was a you know, in youth ministry and leading little high school girls. But, um, but I think it, it applies anywhere. You know what I mean? Like it, it applies all over life. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait, so let me take a st- step back. I'm in <laughs> shock here for just, um, culture shock. Um, so remember, pretend you read the book. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're a leader. Mm-hmm. One, it's a, it's the a pastor's, one of the pastor's Child? kids was, yeah, I was really and, close to one of the pastor's kids. And she's, she comes out to you that she's lesbian and then she mm-hmm. marries. She gets, she got married this a few years later. She, right, I mean, right, right. Long time later. Yeah. She right. got married and I, we stayed close. And when she um, got married, she asked me to walk her down the aisle, which was like <gasps> That's such amazing. an incredible, incredible yeah. gift, it, you know, such an honor. And of course I was happy to do that. Um, but it was just like a, you know, when you see like the benefit of when we, when we love sacrificially and we are willing to, I mean, we're willing to like really take on people's, um, hurt and their pain and, and we're willing to like love them and be open in our own, like to new ideas ourselves. Cause I didn't know this. I mean, this was in the nineties and I was a 
still a pretty new Christian. And I then the rule said that it, that to be gay is wrong. <laughs> like the right. rule said, and that's all I'd known was the rules. And so, you know, for, to have this moment with this actual human being whom I loved, adored. I mean, she was just part of my family. Um, it, I just had to question the rules, you know, and, and I wasn't, I was honest with her about that. Like, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what this means for your life. Um, you know, and over the years I have formed opinions <laughs> in which I, I, I don't think it's a sin to be gay. I don't think it's, I, I really gen, gen, genuinely don't. And, um, but I didn't, I didn't know that at the time. And so like being able to talk to her now and know that I didn't totally fuck up that moment. <laughs> um, yeah. It means so much to me. Like, what a scary thing for a kid to come out to an adult, um, especially a pastor's yeah. kid. And, you know, you, like, you hold their a, heart in that moment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so to be able to walk her down the aisle on her wedding day was so meaningful to me. And, um, you know, it just was like, oh, OK, OK, we can we're doing this. It's OK. It's, ha- it's hard. And it's complicated. And there's, you know, life is is messy, but um it's so good. Uh, yeah. Was it, uh, well, was hold on, hold on. I mean, even to be in that moment, <laughs> I mean, where uh, whether it's right or wrong to have you by her side and she knows like this person just loves me for who I am, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the impression that makes and probably for a lifetime, she, if things go wrong or go south or whatever, she probably reaches out to you like, I need help because you were mm-hmm. that person. You were that Jesus figure in her life. I think that's amazing. I totally failed that when the moment came, but I wasn't a believer. Um, <laughs> my, my sister, she was a lesbian. She got married in the state of California, and that was you know, when the time came that they had the opportunity. And, and I, like, I, can't, I couldn't, couldn't, support, couldn't support you yeah. because I didn't believe in it. And yeah. when you're asked, you know, the people that are there witnessing it, it's like, is there anybody who I didn't want to be there? I'm like, because I would have been like, I don't, I think this is, I think it's wrong. And uh, yeah, I have some regrets there, but as, uh, as a believer, just loving people, I think is key. And, mm-hmm. but that's, it's an amazing, it's an amazing story. That's why I had to stop and go back because it's, it doesn't happen. That doesn't happen a lot. Mm-hmm. There's so much uh, cutting off of friendships and relationships and, and then just an abyss of a black hole in, you know, what could have been. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's true. Well, That's I hope you've gone back to your sister. I hope, I hope you've <laughs> reached out to your sister and I mean, oh, you abs- guys are good, right? Uh, uh, we are. We are. Good. I mean, cool. she actually, yeah, through my belief, she's seen this transformation and she's actually, she ended up actually getting divorced, but um, she's really been driven in a direction and it seems like it's going towards Christ and it's pretty crazy. Um, mm. Just cool. how God's there if you just keep loving people and you bring that light, things mm-hmm. happen. It's a good catalyst. Yep. Yeah, and you walked her down the aisle, so that that's the implication being that the family relationship was severed enough to where that was an option for her. Like that, that didn't go well. Her parents were there. 
Oh, really? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. I think there was a question now, maybe initially, as to whether or not they would be there. But, um, you know, she had her reasons for asking me, and yeah, I, I was happy to do it. That's powerful. Yeah. So, was this was this a uh, straight marriage or gay marriage? What are, it was a gay marriage. Gay, yeah, she's gay. Uh, I, I, I didn't know if maybe two years later yeah. she had come around, and I was just trying to. I love that. I love that. She's come around. Around to what? Well, no, well, yeah, because I, I was trying to. to I was trying to find. Uh, I was trying to see how this was good. I, I didn't know. Uh, yeah. Well. I, yeah. Yeah. It turns I, out, I didn't see the the loving Jesus part in in her remaining in that lifestyle. So I wasn't. I wasn't sure. So. Yeah. Full disclosure, Scott. Saying what I is going to say, what he believes, Just and that's doing good. the same thing, right? He's the right. Who cares? Who no, we're kind of a, a mixed yeah. bag of theological yeah. goodness when it comes that's to a good thing. That's how we we all, you yeah. know, the whole iron sharpens iron thing. Whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So hopping, you're looking at notes. No, nope, go hopping go. onto your missions work. I guess the reason I wanted to spend so much time, or I'm glad we spent time on your history and you did in your book, which was so much more than I was expecting, but I loved it is you get to the missions and so far pre reading the book and pre hearing you on podcasts, it, the impression I had was, and the assumption I made was that you get into missions and instantly, you know, something's wrong, which sounds like that was the case. But when you look into your background you learn what was going on in your background man it's like you had a well-honed bullshit detector <laughs> through your whole life and bullshitting people and people bullshitting you and you kind of learning to operate and be, be restored in certain ways and take us through like the initial moments and how just instantly you knew Something was off. Oh my gosh! Well, yeah. Well, how were yeah. you and asked it, to go to, to Costa Rica? It is. I know this is weird. It is weird because I was well into that like deconstructing church process where I was just like had all these questions and I was like, oh my god, there's so much hypocrisy and so much garbage in the church. We're doing so many dumb things, and then I became a missionary. So it's kind of, <laughs> sort of counterintuitive. Um, you know, you're just like, why would you do that? But I, I did not. I, I didn't know what I was doing, but, um, yeah, I became a missionary sort of thinking, and this is so arrogant, like that, um, God was going to like, we were going to be different. Like we were going to be cool missionaries and we were going to like, you know, I don't, I don't know what we thought, but, um, we thought we were going to like, we were part of the, the next generation of I don't know, missions stuff. So, um, we get over That's there so and epic. the first thing we do. Oh, so stupid. So we get, we get, we, we get into the field in Costa Rica. We go, we take our kids, we sell all our, all of our stuff in the States. We move over there. And the first thing we do is go to language school because we didn't speak Spanish. Then of course, yeah, God was calling us to Costa Rica. So we go to language (laughs) school and it's a language school for missionaries who are going all over like Latin America and they all need to learn Spanish or brush up on their Spanish, whatever. So there's like a hundred like newly minted, freshly, you know, sent wannabe missionaries. And we're all standing in this one room. They do like an orientation. So I 
I'm starting to like meet them and see them. And, you know, there's like a hundred of us all in this one room and I'm looking around and I was just like, oh my gosh, like, uh, I, we might've made a mistake because from a bunch of different churches, right? Oh yeah. From different denominations, different backgrounds. I mean, so a huge umbrella organization. mm -hmm, So like from, I mean, I was probably like the most liberal person there, but like liberal to swinging to super conservative, like Southern Baptist. Um, like it was everybody and we're all together at the school. And so I start meeting all these other people on this, the first day. And I was just like, this can, this is something is wrong. Like, because (laughs) this room is full of weirdos and assholes. (laughs) Like, wow. so, and if we're all called, like if God's calling the weirdo who can't make eye contact during a conversation, and he's also calling the dickhead over there who is just like, so I'm amazing and I'm, you know, whatever. And also me, like, what are we all doing here? How is this, like, what is going on? Um, and I just, it became very, very apparent right away that there were like no standards for what it means to be a missionary. Would you put, where would you put yourself on the weirdo to asshole scale? I was a weird. At that time. <laughs> right. I was, I was a weird asshole. Basically. Was this before or after the shake? This is way, way, way after the shake. Way after. Yeah. No, it was just, but that was the thing is like, if God called him and God mm-hmm. called me, like, what is the difference? There's no difference. Like we all just had our own, we were all just volunteers. Everybody What's the there example had their of own. an asshole? Do you have an um, example? Oh gosh, there were just like people. egotistical or yeah, like like Pat. There's a lot of pastors, <laughs> like a lot of <laughs> you know people that just felt so. They're just a lot of self-important, um, arrogant, know-it-alls, and I don't know, just like people that just not my people. Like people that you you know like every time you meet somebody once in a while, and you're like you're just a dick. Like I don't. How do you have yeah. any friends? How do you have a wife? How do you whatever. It was like those, there was just those kinds of people, but, um, and there were some great people too. Like, it's not like it was all, there was some, there were some cool people there and, um, but it was just apparent that there was no standard. There was no, like we were literally all volunteers doing, going all over the world to do what the fuck ever in the name of Mm -hmm. Jesus. And I, I just was like, oh my gosh, like we all just raised our hands and raised money and now we're here. And that this is missions. Like it was definitely pretty quick that I was like, Oh, this is a mess. Okay. So what defines for you, what defines like a missionary or yeah, there is, there is no, there's There's no standards that you're talking about. Even today, you don't think there's a standard. It's just whatever. If you you can get there, if you want to go, you can get Somebody will send you. Absolutely. There are no standards. And the word missionary, and this was like another big clue to me when we got into the, well, as soon as I started telling people like, I'm going to be a missionary, they were like, oh my God. First of all, they were like, oh my gosh, you're so amazing. And I was like, well, I haven't done anything yet. And then this weird thing happens where you say like, oh, um, people will say like, what do you do? And you say, I'm a missionary. And their next question is hands down every single time. Oh, what do you do? Because missionary doesn't mean anything it's just a word yeah (laughs) it's gonna mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people right it has zero definition it's just the thing and you have to define that thing and so i am just like can we just ditch all that nebulous meaningless language that we use surrounding missions and church Mm -hmm. stuff and ministry and start doing things like in practical ways that require measurable results 
So if you want to send quote unquote missionaries, stop calling them, decide what you want to do, find the right people for that job based mm. on their capacity to do that job. And, um, and then figure out, you know, if it's a good thing or not, like, but to say, we're just going to send missionaries or we're supporting a missionary or we're what a, like sh- sending sh- a short term team of missionaries. Stop, stop <laughs> doing that. Cause it doesn't mean anything. I, I'm, a, I'm imagining I'm a sixth grade teacher, but I'm imagining people be like, I want to be a kindergarten teacher. I'm like, um, hold on, hold on one moment. Okay. But then you say, I want to be a kindergarten teacher in China. And everyone's like, I'm writing you a check for real. I'm not kidding. That's There's insane. No standards. I know There's, when you think about that, it's insane. Totally. People do like medical missions. They have no, no training, no anything. Medical missions or construction. We send like 13 year old girls and 90 year old grandmas to do construction missions. It doesn't make sense. But we, for some reason, if it's like in another country or if it's where brown people or poor people live, we let it happen. It's such bullshit. I hate it. I have a, I have a little bit of experience in high school. I went on the short terms Mexico mission and you know, looking back, I, I know everybody means well, but mm-hmm. once we basically just built a couple of buildings for a local church where we did fine, but probably did a shittier job than people that actually live there and that are part of the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and and emasculated not- the men who could have done it, but instead right. of teenagers doing it for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, fun. teenagers that were just, God, just skinny and almost useless talking about myself, but, (laughs) (laughs) but I mean, it's just, ah, man, once you have new information, it's, you got to grow with that. And I think Mm -hmm. we're so used to protecting the institutions we're involved with. There's a lot of fear around what you're doing. I don't know if you can speak to some of, you probably have haters. It sounds like they don't bug you too much, but what's a thing Maybe somebody that's on the fence that's just like grappling with. Maybe we can get to some of the specific nightmare yeah. scenarios, but like, what do we do with this new information and get the people that are on the fence to just like look into what's actually going on the ground as opposed mm-hmm. to what they're seeing from uh, our cushy scenarios? I mean, I, I don't, I'm not 100% sure what the question is. Yeah, neither but, am I. That's okay. Okay. But um, Just you know, I, I definitely get pushed back. I definitely get pushed back when I talk about missions because it's, you know, people, we they have been taught by the church that it's meaningful, right? And we just believe what the church tells us. And so to have somebody say, no, 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 it's really not that meaningful or, or at least examine it can be really, it, it makes people sad, right? Because they are like, but I've given so much money or I went on these trips or I send my daughter every year or whatever. And it does suck. I could get that. I've been there where I was sold out and into it and then realized, oh, this is, you know, not what I thought. Um, and so, you know, I definitely get pushed back from people that are like, how dare you? How dare you, you know, be divisive or be negative or be critical or whatever. And, um, well, I don't care. Like, I'm going to just keep doing it because we're doing these dumb things. And honestly, if they aren't willing to engage in the conversation beyond mm-hmm. telling me how wrong I like how, how wrong I am for even bringing it up, then I, they're just not ready for it. And that's on them. Like that's yeah. not my problem. Um, but the people that 
you know, I, I hear from a lot of really smart people who really love missions and they have great ideas and they have great, uh, you know, legitimate feelings about how awesome, you know, they think missions, the things happening in the world in the name of, in the name of missions um, are. And those are good conversations. I mean, we don't usually land on the same page, but um, I totally believe that in the same way that I feel like this intense like sense of justice like i need to talk about these things because it's the system is broken i i i know that they are equally as um as well-intentioned you know yeah that's a great answer to my non-question so congratulations <laughs> thank you <laughs> you you've done this before <laughs> and it sounds like i haven't <laughs> but uh so what are some of the dumb things? Like, what's the history? What what got us into some of these patterns? A couple of specifics, maybe, and then maybe thoughts on how to snap out of that. Uh, like, specifics of dumb missionary like, bullshit? Like, what we do we do? Yeah. We're doing more harm What specifically good. are we doing that you have seen and that you know is doing more harm than good, that people need to knock that off? Yeah. Um, anything that... Involves children in another country. It needs Including to be spons- sponsorships too. Um, you know what? I would say if you're if you're sponsoring a kid and you've been sponsoring a kid, you should keep sponsoring that kid. But I also think that before you sponsor another kid, you should definitely look into the organization that you're supporting. I mean, some of them are doing great work and some are not. And um, are you comfortable it, saying? organization names that you know are doing shitty work um, or less than ideal work and some that are doing good? I don't want to get sued. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why um, there are a lot of, I know it's weird, especially since I'm so rich now that I wrote a book. Yeah. Um, See <laughs> yeah, Jeff, we're going to get real money at it. Um, <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of resources out there. And the truth is, I think some even like really huge organizations, I think certain branches of those organizations are doing good work and other branches are not, you know, I, it's messy. It's complicated. It's nuanced. Like there's there's so many layers to it that I, I'm not really comfortable saying, you know, specifics names, but yeah. specifically like um, orphan orphan ministry. <laughs> that is a thing that is created by far more done, done way more harm than good around the globe. Like mm. way more harm than good is the whole Christian orphan ministry, um, in missions. And it's, I mean, we've, we've I'm, broken up families. Curi- and, okay. Yeah. Keep going. I was going to say, I'm curious how yeah. specifically, but go ahead. Well, a lot of times what happens, this is like a, a very brief, you know, generalization example, mm-hmm. but like we'll send in a group to build an orphanage in an impoverished community. And, um, and then what happens is these poor families, they're impoverished, they're poor, they're afraid they can't educate their kid. They're afraid they can't feed their kid. They can't get their kid vaccinations. And here come the Christians promising all these things for the orphans. And so families drop off their babies. They bring their kids because we love our kids and we want to give them the best life we can. Right. Yeah. And so instead of keeping families together, we're dismantling them. And, you know, I mean, it's just it's mm. unbelievable. And this has happened all over the world over and over and over again. 
And then the orphan care where we're like, we're going to go visit orphanages. Guess what is the worst thing you can do (laughs) for a child without a family? Show up and leave and then show up and leave and then show up and leave and then show up and leave. Like we create these mental health issues in these babies and toddlers and children. Um, I mean, we're wounding them, but we're so, we want to feel good and we want our Facebook picture holding the little brown babies and, and we don't really, the, the church just doesn't care. It's not that they don't care. They, they do. It's just that sometimes they aren't willing to really look at the whole picture. There's a disc, there's a disconnect. I have mm-hmm. a, just a sick feeling in my stomach just listening to that. Like, and then we leave and then we leave. It's just, that's horrible. When is it, it seems like there's a conundrum, like, like I, I want to do a missions trip, but I, I'm probably not the right person to go. I, I might mess things up. Okay, sure. But um, if we, if there aren't people that, like you were describing, that, that spectrum of people, the good people, or, you know, the quiet people, and you got the jerks, um, if none of them go, okay, who's going? So th- there, there might be a conundrum if we don't build those orphanages. What do, what do we do? What do we do for the kids that are genuinely orphans over there? So I think that was might might be kind of what Zach's question is. Okay, well, given well, this information, what wh- okay? What do we? Wh- what's the next step? Do we pull back from from building orphanages, or do we have maybe a different type of vetting process for what type of or- orphans will take in so is it is you just pull back completely so there's nothing out there i mean you're shaking your head yes but i'm not i'm not sh- yeah yeah i am <laughs> i am shaking my head yes because um the countries that we go into thinking that we're saving people and that we're saving orphans like most most of the world is developing like most countries are developing nations like they're not a lot of countries that are so impoverished and so poor that they do not have a government, they do not have resources, they do not have people, they do not have teachers and lawyers and doctors and whatever. So at some point, when we pull out of these countries um, and give them the reins, they will step into that role. And the church, which exists almost everywhere now, also gets to step into that role. It does not Need, need to be like white evangelical America showing up to save everybody. The, the, Africa is largely Christian, like all of Africa. I mean, obviously there are areas that aren't, but like what we are, we're disabling the church around the world when we show up and we think we know better and we think we're going to, you know, walk in and save all the orphans and, and whatever. And the truth is it's, mutual exploitation because we come in with all kinds of resources and money and um, feel good moments. And, you know, and if I was poor, I would take advantage of that too. I would absolutely be like, yeah, come on over, bring clothes, bring whatever, bring money, bring whatever. Um, But it's, it's not, that doesn't mean that it's necessarily good for everybody. And so, you know, I think it takes a really um, nuanced approach and it takes a lot of intelligence and not just, well, I feel like doing this, so I'm going to, um, you know, but, but I also think we need to keep trying to make the world a better place, right? Like not, it's 
this doesn't mean just like give up, just stop trying, stop doing these things. But uh, I mean, stop doing those things, but doesn't mean that we aren't responsible for like finding new ways forward. Right. Well, I feel really good because I have not donated to foreign missions in my life. So I feel, (laughs) I feel really good. No, I might have once. Man. Okay, good. Yeah, this, it can be difficult. I, I, we have friends that have been in Peru or they're not anymore. They started a local Southern California missions group where they're engaging in the community and, and just working with doing hands-on boots on the ground work with, uh, kids, uh, helping with school and tutoring and stuff like that where it's needed. And they are huge, John and Heather, they're huge fans of you. And I just had to mention them, uh, because they, they experienced a lot and they've, they've got a lot of experience and they lived it for eight or 10 years or whatever. And just, just see that the well-meaning stuff that ends up doing more harm than good. And that's, that's the main thing I love about your book is just, I love the reality of what's happening as opposed to what people are feeling. And the next step is trying to get people to not feel like they're being attacked for engaging this stuff, at least for me and, and feel and move towards, okay, what do we do now with this new information? What do we do? So, um, which you kind of, you touched on a little bit. So orphanages are, a big no-no generally. What are some other things we're doing? Is there another category that sticks out to you in your in your head? I'm sure there's a lot, but I mean, I think sending teenagers all over the world is kind of a big waste of money. I think um, more vacation than actual mention, missions. It, yeah, I mean, it's it's just the reasons that we send teenagers all over the globe are terrible. Like, Oh, we're giving them perspective and we're exposing them to poverty and we're, you know, uh, I don't know. It's just dumb. It's just dumb. And the truth is like, there's no empirical evidence that says that it's doing any good or that it's doing the things that we claim it is like teenagers who go on mission trips are not more likely to give money. They're not more likely to serve. They're not like in the long run. You know, they might mm-hmm. come back affected for two weeks about like how oh they're so blessed every time they open the refrigerator and they can choose which flavor yogurt they want. But like that goes away. And, and you know, and the and the occasional story you hear about the one kid that went and decided to like become a missionary themselves. Like it's just really not that valuable. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, it's an industry like missions is an industry is fifty three billion dollars, I think, is the current yeah. global that's what we're spending in missions and we're not making the world $50 billion better every year. So, you know, there are, it's, it's all of it. Like I could give examples, but the truth is like, if you want to be a missionary, if you want to support a missionary, um, like you, you, it's, you have to look into it, like do some research if you don't know how like money works, take an economics class and figure out like, like what your dollar does. And, and maybe you'll find better ways of, you know, supporting work around the world or supporting, you know, people that you love. I don't know. Starbucks, 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 man, (laughs) where they get all their coffee developing country, Costa Rica. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They're, they own the best thing you could do is, Buy a latte. There um, you go. I like it. Missions work for Scott. 
I bought a latte today. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know what their like wages where or their wage situation is or their uh, yeah, but they would be worth looking into because truly, I'm sure it's yeah, I'm sure it's better than whatever they were getting paid before Starbucks existed. Maybe and maybe it's yeah. not, but I haven't I, looked I, into it. I think it, so. that's what yeah. I, for most for most most manufacturers that go, they they tend to pay more than what people can get before that manufacturer went there. It's yeah, it's a lot less than what we make, but it's relatively more. Yeah. The point is you got get there. it sounds like there's a lot of research to be done for anybody yeah. wanting to get into it. Don't be doing mm-hmm. it for the feelings or Right. Especially not. I think what's dying I th- I think what's dying is the the model of, you know, we'll help you, but we got to present the gospel in a certain way and have you respond and then we'll mm-hmm. we'll do a bunch of shit for you and mm-hmm. Do you think that's being improved or dying or is that still uh something that that's rearing its ugly head oh i think that's still very much a thing i mean we see that in the states all the time like almost every homeless ministry in the u.s or christian homeless ministry in the u.s is like sit down and listen to the gospel and then we'll give you some soup like (laughs) it's you know we're very manipulative i think with our with our love or you know very i don't know yeah, manipulative is the word. So I definitely think that's still an issue. And you know, as long as as long as the evangelical church continues to treat people like targets, that's gonna oh, that's always gonna be a thing. Like if the whole point of the gospel is to get people into heaven, then the evangelical church is gonna keep doing that because that's the prize. The prize is oh, I told I I shared the gospel, so I planted a seed. It's this immeasurable, stupid nebulous thing that doesn't that you can't say it didn't work but if the goal of the church is um i would say like what jesus sort of was pointing us toward which is the kingdom of heaven on earth (laughs) then like how we treat people and how we engage with people and how we engage in the gospel and people looks really different Mm. it looks really different because to bring yeah no go ahead I was just going to say, like, the kingdom of heaven on earth says, I'm going to meet your felt needs. Now, I'm going to feed you if you're hungry. I'm going to care for you. I'm going to care for the widows and the and the orphans. And, you know, so there's definitely, like, I, I think a shift. I think there's a lot of people, you know, out here in the wilderness that are kind of like, what does church look like? And what is, you know, what is Jesus calling us to do? And exploring those things. But, yeah, I think it's, yeah. I think that's another conundrum. Um, yeah, we're called to to meet people's needs, but I, there, there's also the call to make disciples of all of all nations, and, and so that balance of meeting people's needs when they're hungry or thirsty, taking care of the widows and orphans. Um, I, the balance of making disciples with that I, is is an important factor because leading people to faith and repentance. I mean, that's that's. That's how the gospel first went out to, to um, by John, you know, John the Baptist going and preaching. Um, that was that was the first message. It was 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 uh, re- repentance. So finding that balance of helping people and bringing people to faith in Christ, um, I, I, I don't think that should be lost. Can you form that in a question? I, it's not a question. <laughs> well, no, it's I mean I don't statement. think you're wrong, but if if. Like if that's what you're calling missions, like if your mission is to preach the gospel to all nations, then we're not sending missionaries to the right nations because well, nobody okay. wants to go get 
beheaded in a like like if that's what missions is, we should really ramp it way back, you know, to like very yeah, few people we that we are yeah. sending. And those people should be trained and they should be, you know, seminary graduates and they should be church builders, not and disciple makers, not volunteers with hammers and and you know, whatever, like going to build houses. But I mean, I just think that's a really different thing than what we really what we see all over the world. Hmm. So uh, do you have an example? Is there a relief organization that's doing mostly good that you know of or are involved with at all? Um, And then I know we kind of got to wrap this up for you, but uh, what's next for you? Um. Let's see, or like a like anything, or um, I. It, are there any positives currently, or is this something we got to scrap and just, just kind of worry about our, like you said, maybe bite the bullet and go to the places where you're going to die, <laughs> or, <laughs> or, or just kind of worry more about, you, you know, where are wherever you are at, which actually, right. the go into all the world can also be translated wherever you are in the world make disciples. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's it or <laughs> another conundrum, another conundrum. So, so I'm trying many to conundrums. believe it or not, yes. I'm trying don't to go anywhere. <laughs> You've been very generous with your time. I have uh, nothing to do. I'm fine. Okay. So are there any positives or, or groups that you know are, are doing mostly good that people, if all they can do is give, give a couple shekels somewhere, <laughs> it, can they feel comfortable giving to anything that you're aware of? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of the Exodus Road. They work in anti-trafficking stuff. Um, I let's see. I feel like that, like on the spot because I can't think. I'm not. That's okay. Can't think of like whatever. Um, but honestly, my my whole bent is just like stop supporting missions and start and find nonprofits that are doing good, right? This and, is awesome. And research it, right? Like just quit with the mission stuff. And just find healthy, accountable nonprofits that are doing real work that has real results and support them. That's fantastic. I can't wait to go to my church this Sunday and be like, missions over. He's he's on the board. <laughs> he's on the board. He can over. recommend that. No longer missions. We're gonna just we're just gonna send food. I want to see what no, 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 see no, how no that return plays address. Out. No, I want to see how that plays out. Like uh, you guys, box I, of Cliff Bars. Here you go. <laughs> I've got some really <laughs> good, good information. Now, if you don't, <laughs> you're in trouble because we have audio evidence. Believe it or not. I'm going to love, I would love the pushback. It'd be like, because then you get the accountability. Like, so tell me how it functions and how we actually measure results. <laughs> and so that's kind of funny. In talking to John, John, one of John's complaints Listen, was, missionary was the... John Chapman, uh, one of his complaints was the measurability. That's I. So I mean, we just have to another conundrum. uh, We just have to talk to him about because I could just hang out in another church and keep sending nice pictures and you know a (laughs) friendly story to people who support me and be like, yeah, just keep sending the you know thousand dollars a month and you know what support we're good we're doing great things. That's I think that's how do we even know do support hunting of what's going on with all these missions. So three hundred and seventy-five thousand wow. dollars to kill a rhino—that goes a long Wait, way. What are you I talking about? That's well, it's support. <laughs> You're supporting a good, support a good, and that's how you help people. Because that actually did help a lot of people. They had meat for a long time. 
a ton of money, and it and the rhino wasn't killing um, other rhinos. And I, that's, that's a huge trade-off. Any thoughts on rhinos not <laughs> or maybe killing other rhinos? Well, <laughs> the rhino community is just really um, complicated. They're having trouble. The conundrum. The black, the black rhinos know. and the white rhinos, they're not getting along. Oh, oh let's not go there. Mm, yeah. So what is next for you? Is there another book idea on the horizon or um, something else you're involved with that you want to promote? Well, I sort of, yeah, it, it'll be another book, I think. I mean, I am a high school dropout with no education <laughs> <laughs> and no life skills because I became a missionary. So um, writing is really all I've, it's my, it's my fallback at this point. Like, I don't, Honesty I can, and love are life skills. So I want to rebuke right, you a little bit. Honesty and love get you paid $10 an hour at Lowe's. <laughs> so <laughs> I am, that yeah, so it'll be another book for sure. Okay. But, yeah. Awesome. And I'm, and I'm, yeah, kind of kicking that idea around and, um, you know, because this one sort of just like stops when we get back to the U.S. And so the next one, it, it'll it's going to pick up, kind of pick up there, and it'll be more like church deconstruction and faith. You know, like where what are we doing out in the yeah. you know the margin people? What are we doing? I guess it'll be yeah. more like that. But we'll see. Well, hopefully, where Jesus, where Jesus is hanging out. Yeah, yep. mm-hmm. we'd love it. to have you back on whenever stuff like that happens and promote mm-hmm. the hell out of it. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. So people finding you, theveryworstmissionary.com, is that the best mm-hmm. place? Any yeah, or so- social media, like it's my handles at Jamie, the VWM, like very worst missionary, VWM, on like Twitter, Instagram, that, that kind of stuff. And I'm on Facebook, like wherever. If you Google like bad missionary, you'll find me. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So you're still, you're still blogging or no? Um, not often, but I, I, I'm hoping to kind of get that going again. I have lots and lots of thoughts um, that I just haven't tapped out on, you know, word or whatever. So hopefully, yeah. hopefully I get going on that again, but we'll see. It'll happen. Yeah. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, thank, yeah, you, thank you. you. Absolutely my pleasure. Thanks you guys for having me on. I really appreciate it. All, All right. Best. Have a good one. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye. That was a good Good information on mission. Was it good work. or was it great? It was good information on what it is to be out there Scott, doing mission what work. Scott, what it is. What it is, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> now I feel like going to McDonald's with Scott. Hey, you're getting it. <laughs> so I, it was a good conversation. And I like, you know, the her description of her book is good, but the questions the questions that we asked and getting a little more in depth are always fun with people who are, you know, doing projects and, and books. And I liked, I liked what she had to say. Yeah. And, um, so one of the thing, I think a lot of the hate she gets is she gets hate. Can you believe it? She's attacking a $56 billion industry. It's 53, but go ahead. You didn't let me finish. I was about to say she's attacking a $53 billion industry. It's projected to grow by $3 billion over the next two years. Thank so. you, Scott. Well, according to her, it's not. <laughs> well, regardless. If we bring her message. The, the, hate, the haters are just point, that point out 
and it's easy to see. I can understand why there's a lot of like, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Now you can avoid that information and say, she's just hating on missions and keep doing stuff. Or you can tackle what she's actually saying. You know, maybe she doesn't have the perfect solution to things. Um, but I personally empathize with, I don't like X, Y, and Z. I'm that guy too. Like I don't, oftentimes when I'm pointing out like frustrations with how the modern church is or how evangelical Christianity operates, I don't have a lot of solutions for it often, but hopefully everybody's got to get different gifts. I could, maybe I can throw poop on the wall and maybe it's not a gift. Well, that, we can debate that. Agree to disagree. <laughs> I can throw poop on the wall and somebody else can come and clean it up and say, you know what's better? Here's a lovely mosaic that will do something better. You know what I mean? We can partner with the people that will say, okay, in light of this new information, we need to stop doing certain things and we need to work on what's better. Like orphanages. Cut those kids <laughs> off. Cut them yeah, off. So that, that's no, Scott, cut them <laughs> off. No more well, orphanages. I, and, and that's the thing is we, yeah. I think what the church, what followers of the church do, or let's just say average congregates do, is they just, they believe in the ministry they're involved in and their pastor is talking about, and they believe their leadership. And 99% of the time, these are good people with good motives and they do zero investigation for themselves. And I'm totally guilty of that. And that's what I think needs to change with new information from people like Jamie is that, okay, this is a different perspective I've ever heard. Let me look into this. Am I playing a part in doing more harm than good? And if that is just something that makes me feel good, it's got to stop. So, well, there. if you're, if you're giving money or any type of energy, any type of focus towards something, it doesn't matter if it's mission work that, you know, a couple is doing in another country or paying for a stranger's cat expenses on Venmo. Yeah. Don't ever do that. That is the stupidest cats should die. (laughs) (laughs) My, my son, he, he bought a RC car and it was expensive and the part broke like on the axle in the first week. Like it was a third time he had taken it out. Boom. He popped the kids in tears. He's distraught. He's like, I saved all this money and it was expensive. Like he'd been saving for over a year and I'm like, Oh man, I feel terrible for him. But then he's like, could, can we get this fixed? And he had no money. Like he spent it all in the car. I'm thinking, do, okay. Are these plastic parts going to break? every week and I'm going to have, you know, I'm going to throw out 10, $20 every single week. Like seriously, that's, it's not going to happen. And I know it's, you know, it's not even close to mission work, but it's like people go out there. It's like, what, what am I actually getting? Like, let's get a good part that we know is going to function. Let's upgrade it. And so it doesn't break. And I know it's going to function and do what you want it to do and sustain itself. And so when you think of mission work, which she's talking about, it's like there's some accountability. Are these people even equipped to do what they do out in the field? And do they have the capacity to do it? I, I find that counterintuitive to churches. It's just like, oh, your heart's led that way? Go. Go. And we'll, we'll help you. Right? 
Yeah. I mean, that's the church way as opposed to, well, Zach, you know what? I know your heart is in the right place. How about, could you facilitate this for, for somebody who may be equipped to do this? Because right. we just, we have some questions. You really haven't really committed to much in your life. And now you just want to go you out. Failed at everything. You just want to go out with your go wife. On. Go on, and Scott. Children <laughs> Let and children. Let Scott get it out. Just... I deserve it. <laughs> and you just, you're somehow, you're just going to commit to something in life finally after just failures and Wait, failures are, are over you, the years. So, are we, this is hypothetical. We're talking about a hypothetical person right? in a hypothetical church. Actually, Scott told me to say this. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and um, it I, making I, sense, Scott. I brought, I brought this up as a couple of conundrums, but, uh, but yeah. You know what? I wanted yeah. to kick you for saying conundrum. I know, but I I didn't the fourth time. I just I just wanted I wanted to make it conversational because it's yeah we could say conversational. Sure, sure. Everyone everyone should be qualified in whatever they do. Fine, sure I get that, but uh, but the reality is no one is going to be qualified. So where do we draw that line? And and I'm nobody's sh- going to be qualified. I'm not sure where to draw that line. I I don't, I don't know where to draw that line. So I, I'm I'm okay with the conversation. It's just. Uh, Thank God. Yeah, balance. Balance. We're on a podcast with conversations. <laughs> yeah, balance. Balance. Uh, I still uh, want to go back when you said nobody would be qualified. Instead of instead of going from one extreme to another, w- w- where do we find the third way? Okay, y- you're you know, saying okay, you brought it up with the so we just pull everything back. Is yeah, like, right. Yeah, where I, do we? Where's that balance? Where's that balance? Because yeah, when when is a person qualified to go into a country they've never been in? Tell me, when, when, when can they do that? Everybody comes to America and seems to be just fine. Oh, that, shoot, okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm Put that out there. A little hyperbole, the universe. But, you know, it's, kind of it's thanks to my leadership <laughs> and the unemployment unemployment rates being at negative 2.4%. <laughs> Sorry, Jeff. That, we had to set employees across the wall. <laughs> There's even more work over there. We need to build that wall on the other side. Trump, Trump is your deal. Sorry. I just had to say it. You did fantastic. I have the yeah. most mitt. Never mind. So, I'm, so I, yeah, I'm okay, I'm okay with, with questioning things. It, it's it's the pendulum swinging the exact opposite. I'm not quite sure about. So I... Okay, yeah. well, we get in we get in these patterns of, okay, we, we do mission work. Oh, we build this. We do orphanages. We uh, send money to these, these children in Africa. There's been... You know, it's over time, we've seen it for 20, 30, 40 years. Um, as long as I've been alive, just seeing infomercials in the middle of the night of the child with the fly on their, you know, their, the, like their lip and their tummies the same extended. Child, same child for like 20 years. That, that, they haven't grown at all. That child does not age. It's amazing. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, it's terrible. It's terrible. But. We get in these patterns of okay, so oh my gosh, this is terrible. Let's we need to give we need to throw money at this, and I know throw money at it sound is a cynic, you know I'm saying it in a cynical way, but could we have gotten in patterns to where it's just this is what we do? Yeah. So it turns out we're gonna get into feedback. We have some good feedback. Um, he just totally isn't he the one who said this is conversational? Yeah, he's like, totally. You know, he totally yeah, how, long, how long do you guys want to go? Should, like well, three I, minutes. I was going to add what on he, to what you're yeah. saying. I was just saying we are getting to feedback. It's like so people know what they're looking I can't forward believe to. You did that, Jeff. I agree. You should be. You upset. know, should I repent? 
Go ahead. Don't be passive aggressive. Just tell me no. if I should repent no. of what I just did. No, Zach. I want to there's, take there's, some of that poo you threw on the wall no earlier. I want to take it. I want to throw it on there's you right no now. Sin, so there's no need to repent. Yeah, that's my official position as one third of this podcast is that sin doesn't exist. You don't need to repent. There are zero consequences. So hookers and blow for everyone. Sarcasm and passive aggressive. <laughs> Anywho. So one of the things that I know from our friend John, and there's a book. I was going to ask her. I forgot to ask Come her on, about spit it out. books that she recommends. One of them is called When Helping Hurts, I believe. But there's some good books out there that are trying to pave a third way and not just throw the baby out with the bathwater. Mm-hmm. And which I don't think that's ultimately what she's doing. She's just coming from an experience. But one of the things, Tom's shoes, their model is you buy a pair, they donate a pair to people in need. I believe, I don't know if it's from Tom's or if it's similar organizations, I'm protecting us from a lawsuit that well, screw it damages economies because you're you're they're going to places where people make and repair shoes. Yeah. And all of a sudden there's this white people sending shoes and economies get crushed. Like that's the type of consequences that I want to avoid with my shekels. Yeah. I think it is good to do research. Is that a good add on to you? I wasn't dismissing you, Jeff. Go ahead. I'm open. Affirm me, reject me. I'm okay. I'm okay with you doing either one of those. No, I it was just asking about the pattern, what you guys thought about the patterns that we've gone into. Oh, you asked a question? <laughs> and you're like, you know, we've got some feedback here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think it does add on, Zach. I, and I, I, I think we all should do research. I need to do research. In your opinion. Yeah. Thanks, In my opinion. My opinion. I agree with her opinion. Okay. But then I don't agree with I don't want to hear that we've got to do research. Yes, we've got to... I hear that in public education system like all the time. Programs. Like, well, we need to do some research. Actually, I don't even think that's said. Uh, I take that back. We're just, you know, just throwing things at you from, you know, somebody's new book. Oh, you want to do something about this? How about you start your own group, Jeff? Start a committee. Yeah. Maybe get a subcommittee to that committee. I just barfed. Yes. Yeah, stop taking money from organizations that you despise. And do something about it. The state of California? Oh, but then I'd be poor. Yeah, that's a tough one. I don't want to do that. Just. I'm glad you're not taking insurance from California, though, because that'd be a bummer. Oh, dude, I'm not going to pay private companies so I have some backup if, you know, my head gets chopped off in a car accident. Split another beer with me? You are driving a Prius, though. <laughs> I'll avoid it all. Not I know. that there's anything wrong with that. We woke up the, the other coyotes in the mountains. All right. A couple of feedbacks. Hey, Derek Blaylock at Derek A. Blaylock at Bros Bibles Beer. Thank is you. Is he A. Blaylock or is A his middle name? Derek Alexander Blaylock. No, Derek at Derek A. Blaylock. Um, a, maybe Alexander. At Bros Bibles Beer, thank you for the podcast with at MJ DiStefano. Matthew DiStefano. DiStefano. Great conversation and very insightful. That's the book Heretic. How? How is it insightful? All right. Well, it's on Twitter. I mean, there's only so much you can do. How many characters do you I th- get? I thought they doubled it. They expanded it to 280. 
Are you serious? Yeah. So he could have gone a lot further, mm. like three or four times what he just said. Man. But either way, I'll take it. Yeah, thank you. Everybody just creates their own blog and does 17 words and it's like, click it and get to my blog. Go ahead, Scott. Oh, okay. This is Nathan Miller West. Uh, he is Namway Design. He's on Twitter at Namway Design. <laughs> so this is at Bros Bibles Beer at Sarah Heath, or I'm sorry, Rev Sarah Heath. I, I, my subconscious would not allow me to say it the first time. Um, number 81. <laughs> so this is hashtag Scott. Your hundred, your hundred questions are up. <laughs> ha ha ha! So great. Yeah, I know. I got a little carried away there. Thanks, your Nathan. Quest, your hundred questions are up. I think yeah. Nathan was the 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 guy who was the or the person who was most observant to say, but not that black. I think he's the only one that heard that. Um, so appreciate you, Nathan. Well, so your um, hundred questions, you know, listening to that. When you finally get to the point of asking Sarah Heath out <clears> on a date, <throat> I'm sorry, what? What did I do? You asked Sarah. Oh, was I supposed <clears throat> to edit that out? <clears throat> um, that was the quickest denial in the history of asking someone out on a date. You asked Sarah Heath out on a date, and she said no. <laughs> she didn't say. I think it was more forceful. No? It was forceful. I will. It was like it was like a head shaking, like here. horrendous. No, here. here. Ask me out. Um, so, Jeff, when the last time you went out, um, I mean, did you like the person or were you like attracted to them? Yeah. yeah. Or, yeah how many yeah, questions? Yeah. You yeah. Hold on. And, yeah. And um, so, I mean, but but then you're going out with this other guy, Jeff. Yeah. I'm, and then, right. I mean, how did you feel about that compared to the other guy you're going out with? That was I mean, okay. Were you going out with two guys at the same time, Jeff? Yeah, I was. <laughs> yeah. So how did, I mean, you must have felt good. <laughs> it must have felt good because one was a model and one, not your type. So, I mean... We're, we're but still really good looking. Yeah. Oh yeah. Really good looking, but not model material. I mean, what? What? How did you feel about that? I mean, it was good. I mean, the best of both worlds. I mean, good looking and like, well, whatever. And yeah, you know. a jawline that cuts light well. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then you know the other one, you know, good conversations, but just didn't have the looks. I mean, I'm just, you know, it's did he have the that? So if he were to sag his pants and lift his shirt up a little bit, did he have the V, the V muscle Was that he leads pointing to something? Okay, that should lead down been? to the promised okay. land. Uh, guys, I don't know about what, you know what land I'm you're about? talking about, but you know I've been made promises. I mean, I'm, uh, I'm thinking of a, a, hairless, a hairless body. Okay, so some so okay, so something un- yeah, completely, completely, you guys, completely not related to this topic. Okay. But hey, you want to go out? Sometime? No. <laughs> I think she was quicker. I think she was quicker. High five. Did you finish the last syllable? I don't think so. Anywho, (laughs) she would claw your eyeballs out. I love that. Yeah, that that was fantastic. Pastor Sarah Heath. Slam dunk, no. I I do. So during the episode, a couple times, Jeff and I were looking at each other like, is he still asking questions about the dating? (laughs) Like, he's going deep. Why is he? And then when the moment came, Oh, he's just formulating. He's laying the groundwork. I was just making sure that she would say no because I, I knew it. she would have said no. Self-fulfilling prophecy. She is comfortable with it. Scott, I, I think it, she. Scott, I think you were a gentleman after the fact. You're like, listen, we don't have to have that in there if that's weird. She said no. I rejected you. I, I wasn't saying that because I was a gentleman. I was saying that for my sake. Oh. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, you, castrated podcast style. You have a social. From the pastor. Scott's got a social media presence to pretend. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 Keep laughing. So. <laughs> oh, God. Wait, am I on social uh, media? I don't know anymore. I don't have no idea. <laughs> Oh, uh, that's good. Uh, that was good, though. I, I enjoyed it. I'm glad you guys like making fun at my... Uh, Self-deprecating yeah. asking out of women. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't remember if we posted this, but here's one more. She did what she could at on Magic Twitter. Valley Gen. Magic Valley Gen. Hey, it's that creator. How's it going? It's been a while. Loved your interview of Mark Therapist. At Mark Harris with the book yeah. Divine Echoes about prayer few episodes back i can't believe i'm saying this but i kind of wish scott had been there i would have loved to hear <laughs> that interchange peace to you oh, so, okay so thanks. which one was that was that the prayer guy yeah yeah i wish i would have been there too um yeah man it's just it just seems like such a cynical way to to view to view uh how we uh, the examples that we have of, of prayer, um, and just just a cynical way to look at that. If if we pray, if we ask for something, we are by default uh, uh, saying that uh, God isn't wanting to do that. Ah, it just seems, man. So, a couple questions Whew. before we we land this. Did you listen to that episode? Heck no, I don't listen to any episodes. And have you read the book? No, heck no. Okay, no, heck no. So, oh, a double negative. So you read the book? No, hell no. So you extra read the book? Yes, hell in no. A, in a fiery, <laughs> flaming pit. <laughs> anyway, he doesn't just like torch prayer. He has some suggested solutions, but I appreciate your comments, Scott. And they are not unvalid. But yeah, like if you're going to pray, uh, uh, thy kingdom come, thy king, uh, your will be done. Well, so does that mean that you don't think that God's will is going to be done? <laughs> That's just it's such. I, I don't know. I love. I, how, don't know. I love how you do, pause after you? there will be done, and then it looks like you're throwing up in your mouth. I, I was. I, <laughs> I mean, how could you say that? I was. How could you say that? But on the other hand, so on the other hand, if if that's what you think, okay, yeah, that is. You you probably need to think about that some more. So sure. If if you're thinking that you need to pray that God's will be done because God's will because He's not doing His will, okay, fine, all right. But I don't think I don't that's have a million. Default. I don't have a million dollars. God's will has not been done yet. I'm holding out. <laughs> Keep praying. So yeah, thank you, thank you, Miss Mrs. Miss uh, Ms. Jen Jen Magic Valley Jen. Mrs. Magic Jen. <laughs> Thanks for keeping in touch. Thanks for listening, all you people. We really. You're amazing. We would be nothing without you people. Oh, y'all. Except right. for Jesus. But Our identity is in you, ahead of Jesus. Jesus is a close second. Praise be to God. But first of all, come to the listeners, people like Magic Valley Jen. Hey, hey, the kingdom is here. We sh- This, is, this is what we know. My priorities are straight. It's Jesus, my wife, my kids. Did you see your lucky charms or your and pri- then the His privates are straight? There. That's what I heard. I, privates are straight. Some people's privates aren't straight. I we're gonna have to we're gonna have to roll that back one of these days. Roll what back? His privates. <laughs> thank you, Jamie. Thanks, on crooked. Yeah, privates. thank you, thank you, Jamie. Man, I wanted to ask her uh, if she thought about titling her book something like "Chocolate Shake 
No. Ch- chocolate no. chip. No. Something like that.